0: Short and sweet tonight.
1: Yeah, is that going to be long enough? Are we going to hit 40 minutes?
0: Uh, I've got 43 here, should be alright.
1: I don't think it's the end of the world, is it? I'd rather it got over 40. Banter. Banter for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, football's starting, isn't it? This is why we don't is banter. It? <laughs> Oh well, Premier League started like what was it last what was it last Saturday was it? I think
1: who's your favorite to win Tom the Premier League this year oh
0: the 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 blue ones, the really good
1: oh the really good blue ones, yeah,
0: yeah, I thought about greens, but you know they're kind of not in this year
1: <laughs> I think the yellow team they're who I'm gonna pick they're gonna no one expects it.
0: No, exactly. No. Yellow is like, it's like an underestimated colour. It's like bananas. People underestimate them, you know? It's like, don't underestimate a banana because it'll trip you up. I'm actually thinking about
2: yellow and green teams. Now. And the blue is, yeah, you've got Chelsea, but then yellow, Wolverhampton? Wolves? Yeah. I think that's orange. Then Leeds is yellow, isn't it? So Leeds United, but I don't think they're in the I Premier I was thinking for a
0: green one, Maybe though. Like the, the Ireland national team but
2: Plymouth Argyle Plymouth
0: Argyle <laughs> yes
2: <laughs>
0: that's
2: no, a good um, one that's as much banter as we've got I think
1: Muted and Mastered. I'm Will, and this is the internet's jazziest music podcast. On the show this week, I'm joined by James. Hello, and Tom. Howdy. This week, we're reviewing the new Kokoroko album. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about. But first, what's going on in the world of music this week, Tom? what have you got for us
0: well in the news this week Spotify is into the arena of ticket selling Uh, Reporter on Music Ally Um, they are currently trialing a site at tickets.spotify.com which was launched on August the 10th and allows fans to uh, buy tickets uh, to live music events and directly through the site without using an external ticketing company. Now, obviously, everyone knows about, I don't know, Ticketmaster and Eventbrite and whoever else you might want to use bands in town. So live music has very much had a renaissance or not even a renaissance. It's just been very, very popular for a very long time. Um, so it's not necessarily surprising that Spotify are getting to this arena um but it's interesting that they're choosing this timing sort of post-covid to get into the arena as well um let me see currently for the moment it's only available in the u.s and certain artists have signed up first so uh the little selection here is anita russo you've got a uh, toki monster you've got ocs you've got hun- uh, dirty honey Limbeck, crows um, lots of people uh spokesman for spotify told music ally at spotify we routinely test new products and ideas to improve our user experience uh, some of those end up paving the path for our broader user experience and others serve only as important learnings um what's interesting is a tech crunch have reported that the legal section of spotify's ticket site review uh, says that tickets are sold quote on behalf of third parties which can include venues event promoters fans clubs and artists um as disclosed as their disclosed ticketing agent um which is intriguing most of the time i mean it's it's not necessarily intriguing in that it's very different if you put a tour together as an artist you will have some sort of um tour manager or you will have some sort of um uh, booking agent who will do the booking in your name and they'll get the venue sorted and they'll put all of the listings out for your tickets through their company for your gig if that makes sense so it's not necessarily that unusual in that, in that regard what would be interesting is if Spotify start to work directly with artists on their tours and for example if tickets weren't just sold on behalf of third parties they were sold by Spotify for Spotify for a gig gig to go to an artist so, yeah, intriguing. Spotify has entered the ticketing arena, would that be the right term? The, the the ticket industry.
2: They're just trying to get into... Yeah, they're just trying to get into every single bit of music in the industry as possible, really, aren't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, they've kind of been experimenting with, like... It's not the first time that they've um, done this kind of experimentation. There were a couple of times... I remember they're still... Talking about Soundbetter, is it? Which I think is like a sort of cloud-based collaborative um, music door. Oh, no, excuse me. Soundbetter is their um, freelance hiring service, basically. It's it's Fiverr, but for good musicians and for good um, mixing and mastering engineers. Mm. I can't remember what that platform was called. It was a digital door, and I can't remember what it was. Um, Digital door, Spotify. You can tell the quality of the research when you end up going to Google to try and find answers. Soundtrap soundtrack was the answer i don't know if it's still a thing it may still be a thing no it definitely is i remember it being demo like four years ago so it's not the first time that spotify have gone out their way to do something a bit different because obviously audio editing would mm. not be right up their street but then again they also do anchor for podcast which of course we are all familiar with here on unmuted unmastered um so it makes sense for them to try and control as much of that have have their fingers in all the
1: pie so to speak Right, let's get on to our review for this week. We're looking at "Could We Be More" by Kokoroko, released on the fifth of August, twenty twenty-two, on Brownswood Recordings. It's fifteen tracks, clocking in at forty-eight minutes and forty seconds. Kokoroko are an eight-piece band from London. Uh, in the band's write-up, they say, "Quote: Could We Be More" is an expansive and ambitious album that speaks to the force of Kokoroko. Each song possesses the energy which so naturally underpins the heartbeat of Kokoroko's identity, deftly moving through Afrobeat, highlife, soul, and funk across the album's 15 tracks, and taking inspiration from a plethora of other influences from within the, Re- the West African and Caribbean communities that the band grew up listening to. The album gifts the listener feelings of homecoming and joy. End quote. So, with that in our minds, what are our general thoughts on the record? James, why don't you kick us off?
2: Yeah, my notes <laughs> up. Um, yeah, in general, I've, I really enjoyed this um, album. It's like, there's, it is a jazz album and I think that's a, the forefront of it, really. Um, but because of that, it's just so chill and such a, such a great listen. Um, I, to be honest, it's like It's one of those albums where I've really enjoyed it But I don't really have much to say on it And I don't, I don't really have much to, like, Negative things to say on it There's a lot of like um, Experimentation that come, um, comes In the album, there's a lot of uh, Different time signatures But the, the, main, the main kind of The heart to the album is you've got your trumpet, you've got got your other horns and you got your guitar and other things like that um and that's kind of that theme goes throughout the whole album and if you if you enjoy that then yeah this album is ready for you but um yeah um i've just really enjoyed listening to it like in the background in the forefront it's just yeah a really chill cool album
1: tom
0: um yum Tasty, nutritious. I absolutely adored this. This is a, like, four-quid cup of coffee from Olenstein, which is totally unnecessary, but you need to have it, and it makes you feel slightly better about yourself, even if you're financially crippled. Um, this was wonderful. I really, really like the mix of stars here. I love the instrumentation. I love the um, inflection with the way that everything is played. There's no sense of a song being rushed and it's not about virtuosity it's just about the music and just about feeling it this feels so organic and it feels so gooey i adored this this was soul food i love this
1: yeah i really enjoyed the album too it draws from quite from my limited knowledge quite a wide range of like different african styles and different kind of caribbean styles as well um and the melodies are really kind of focused on. I think that there's some really impressive playing on the record, but it is always to kind of service the song rather than kind of how I occasionally feel about certain jazz pieces where I feel like it's more about the playing than it is the the listener. Um, I think the album develops in a really satisfying way. Like there's new elements and ideas coming at just the right time across the record to kind of keep you like really engaged in it throughout um and I also really love the use of filters on the album partly on the drums which are often low passed and and all you get are kind of the low frequencies of the drums and it feels it gives so much space to all of the other instruments over the top and also occasionally the whole mix as well where they kind of do interesting kind of filter moves um to kind of change the sound and the tone of everything uh but overall like you've both said it's Yeah, just a really enjoyable listen throughout however you listen to it. Right. Let's go a bit more in depth then. The opening track's called Tojo uh, and it opens up with kind of this um, kind of almost big bandy feeling uh, riff from all of the horns coming through and it closes with that as well and it kind of gives this emphatic start to the album. And kind of the next thing you get to these kind of like 70s, like futuristic jazz sounds with like filter sweeps. And there's like a monosynth with kind of a glide tone to it. Um, And it kind of gives a sense of like, we're kind of going back to the past and to the future and having lots of different kind of tones in there and ideas in there. And the other thing I picked out about this track is it's one of the times where they use those kind of low pass filter drums which leaves so much space for the horns. And I don't know if it's a guitar or an electric piano on this one, Um, but it just kind of gives it a very kind of stark mix, which I haven't heard on many other things and it still works and there's a great groove to the drums and it still comes through even though they're kind of, a lot of the frequency content's maybe been taken away
0: yeah this is a really really nice way to open the album really sets the stage uh and it gives a statement of intent as well i love the way that it's mixed a fairly traditional um jazz setup with this really modern smooth production quality the way that um even like bits like the horn section will suddenly just pop in and pop out it doesn't feel unnatural but it does feel really nicely put together uh which is really nice and just a couple of little like extra ornamentations there as well. There's a really like floaty or machimmery shimmery um, synth which goes over some of the uh, horn sections, which is really, really nice. Just lovely little bit of detail. Don't know whether it's like a reverb pedal on the guitar, whether it's like an actual synth, but it's little details like that which make this song sing for me. Really, really nice way to start out.
2: Yeah, speaking of starting out, this this track really eases you in. I feel like... It's quite sparse um right at the start especially after you listen to the album a couple of times already because throughout the album there's 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 parts that get really big and really loud and really epic um but tojo kind of there's stuff there but it's not as massive as um a lot of a lot of the album but that's a good thing because it leads you in um it's kind of giving you this saying hey this is the main part we're doing but then yeah the horns come in as a lead and it works really well um and it does pick up more towards the end and i really loved how the horns were there's no vocals in here but the horns really had a bluesy vocal sound and it worked so well um and yeah it just it gave the song such a good flavour um, and it was really chill as well. Great track.
1: The next track is Blue Road Part 1 and then there's Blue Road Part 2 right at the end mm. of the album as well. So there's kind of a mirroring there. Um, it's not the largest of pieces. I think it's only like 50 seconds or something. But within it, there are some like really interesting rhythms with lots of different types of percussion put into there. I just thought it was kind of a, a nice kind of bridge into the rest of the album from that opening track.
2: Yeah, the percussion is the main thing, really, for this track, isn't it? Um, yeah, just good-sounding percussion that you might have not heard before or for a while. So, yeah, nice one there.
0: There's also a mirror for one, as far as I can tell. I think they're the same length, and I think they are... Oh, no, they're not quite the same length, but they're pretty much the same... Instrumentation, I think it's the like same loop going round and round. I find it interesting that it's placed straight after track one and it's also at the very end of the album. It's almost like the start and the end of the album, but it's not including Tojo, which is a really interesting little choice. Does that mean like Tojo is not meant to be part of the album? Is it slightly different? I've only just noticed that and it's kind of got me thinking about why they structured it that way. Oh yeah, because the part two is after the outro as well. And yeah,
2: this is after the intro Tojo. So yeah, I'm sure it's a deliberate thing.
1: The next track, Awa Ina. Can I have a go at that?
0: Awa uh, Inu, um, I would say. Yeah, I got a U at the end. I don't know. I, oh I, yeah, can, I might have can, can just I, written that down wrong. Can I start off by saying, saying, I absolutely adore the guitar in this one. I mean, I think it's carrying a lot of the melody, but... It's such a rich and gooey chorus sound. I really like that. And it's such a simple little hook. And the way it plays off uh, the porn section as well, it's almost like um, a call and response kind of melody, which is really refreshing. Really, really nice.
1: Yeah, I really liked that chorus guitar as well. And the whole song for me kind of had that kind of like relaxed island, kind of Caribbean y vibe to it. And that's kind of mirrored in a lot of the other songs, particularly in the first half of the album. Um, I also really liked on this one, the cymbals really cut through in the mix. So on the previous one, you kind of had the drums being really like in the low frequencies, and now we're suddenly getting like these kind of popping through high frequencies in, in the percussion. And also, there's kind of this sax solo through the middle. And what I really like is that they actually, like, change the backing instrumentation throughout because it would be so easy to just loop kind of whatever's going on with the rest of the instrumentation and and kind of let the sax take the lead. But at one point, they kind of drop everything else out to kind of match what the sax is doing, and then everything kind of comes back in again. And it's just a really dramatic moment that... ..could have just kind of blown past and not been that interesting but they've taken the time to kind of make that a, a really like, engaging part of the piece um, I really thought that was a great moment Yeah,
2: one thing I want to pick out with this one is that the, it, despite the time signature being a bit irregular not something us westerners are used to sometimes um, it's still super catchy, the, the riff is super catchy, I can think of it now um and yeah it's kind of that cool and response thing. I don't think it is quite but yeah it's it's kind of like that. Um and then yeah the the guitars um for me they they felt quite they were they, they were in the back. They were subtle but it adds like such a freshness to the track. Um, and just let the, it let the other instruments shine. Um, and yeah, the, the chorus effect on the guitar and possibly the horns too. They also had an effect on them, which, yeah, just
1: binded everything together, made it a really nice track. The next track is Age of Ascent. Um, you get some more interesting effects here, where the guitar's kind of panning side to side at certain points in the track, um, And you also get kind of the first point where you get drums kind of going in and there's kind of this building section where the drums start to get heavier and then everything kind of drops off again. But it's the first kind of sign that maybe later on in the album, we're going to get those heavier things. And that's kind of what I I was saying in the general thoughts about it's it's just sequenced so nicely where you get kind of a teaser and then it's going to come back later. So you do get the satisfaction, but they also get to kind of like have that kind of teasing moment. And it's it. Yeah, it just really works.
2: Um yeah uh yeah i think i think the, like all of the instruments really shine through in this track especially like it starts with this really tasteful bass and the guitar as well and then it goes into the horns um and you can really just get lost in this one um yeah and the guitar it is it's not like in the forefront same as last track but it's just it holds its own as it's like in between the other elements in the in the song and instrumentation um and yeah i like how it it did build um and kind of get slightly emotional on the back end and i feel like this would be like a really good live track um yeah i i really enjoyed this one really
1: uh, up next, we've got Dideo, um, which the first time we get vocals coming in. Um, and they're kind of airy. They've got lots of delay and reverb on them. It's kind of mainly these female vocals. But there is kind of a, more quietly in the mix, there's kind of a male backing vocal backing them up and giving them kind of that lower texture as well. Um, and again, it kind of being this kind of airy introduction kind of sets you up for then the vocals to maybe be a bit more up front later on, um and the other thing I'd like to mention about this track is just the melody and the harmonies that come in underneath it are f- just fantastic on this,
0: yeah, about thirty seconds in like it suddenly kicks in where you've got saxophone and a horn it's wonderful, it's almost like a sort of like a major third harmony. It's a beautiful little line, it's so crisp and it's so warm uh and the guitar line will come in and again it will start playing against it every now and again it's one of those albums where you can really tell this was made by a group of musicians in a room like locking eyes and seeing what everyone else is doing and trying to figure out what the next move was it feels so organic it's really really intoxicating
2: yeah it's leading on from that the yeah the blend of the elements and the instruments felt yeah, really complementary and it was just so sonically satisfying. Um, and I did enjoy it like right at the start, actually. The guitar was clean this time. It was like really clean and dry. And then you get the horns in and uh, to add that extra flavor. Um, and Will, uh, you mentioned earlier about the the drums and how it, like there was a um, a low pass on them. I don't know if this is what he's talking about, but the the bass drum in this, I didn't like. Um, I don't know, it, it felt a bit too thumpy for me. Um, it could just be my headphones, but that's the only gripe I have with this track and some of the other tracks as well. Um, but really the, the other instruments kind of made it up for me. So yeah.
1: The next track is Soul Searching, where we get this kind of fast guitar part that that makes me think of kind of West African bands. Um, and it feels like a very much a change in energy to kind of the laid back, kind of m- maybe more Caribbean inspired earlier tracks where it is a, a bit more kind of pushing forward with the energy. Um, and Tom, going back to what you were saying about one of the earlier tracks about kind of the synths almost glistening. I felt like when the saxophone kind of has the lead, if you listen into what the other melodic parts are doing, it is almost this kind of like glistening sound kind of out in the periphery of the soundstage. Mm. And it's a really nice kind of subtle addition to kind of give this moment like a bit more kind of... I don't know, just, just something extra to kind of push it over the top into being fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's produced so nicely, the way that it just builds up these landscapes. I'm sure if you heard them live... It would be sensational. And I suspect a lot of these songs were either in part or all recorded live. It's got that kind of vibe to me about it. But you can also tell there was so much thought put into production of just like, we're going to take this band and elevate this performance even further and make this into a really uh, highly produced product. And it just works. It doesn't feel uh, dead and it doesn't feel mechanical it just feels like it's been really cared for and well treated
1: we give thanks brings in some more forward vocals with a bit of distortion that sounds really lovely actually put on them um and the rhythms and melodies in this one kind of started making me think of kind of more central african uh influences i thought that was kind of a a nice change that we're kind of getting a reasonable number of tracks in and now each each song is making me actively think about, oh, this might come from this place or this place and these kinds of artists. So it, it is kind of showing we're really exploring our sound here and it it, it works for me.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's the sound of the guitar where it's like the last note on the guitar on the lines is like super staccato and that's where those like African influences come in and the singing with that, it's just awesome. Yeah, and, and the percussion as well. We were talking about percussion in Track Shoe, but percussion in this as well. It's just, it's just really cool. I, it just makes me want to listen to it more and more.
0: Also, We Give Thanks, one of the tracks which has vocals on it. And again, relatively simple vocals. It doesn't need much to embellish it. Don't You Know I Love You? Really, really nice little hook, and that's all it really needed. But I love the way that they've used vocals quite sparingly just to give a new flavour. It's not an expectation, it's an addition, which is a really, really nice way of uh, thinking about the compositions because all of them can stand by their own, but the vocals are just a nice extra touch, which is really refreshing and, again, really paints a certain style and a certain approach to music. It's not built around the song and it's not built around the idea. It's built around some musical idea or something that people have gotten repeat, you know. I love how much I can read into the creative process uh, behind this album just by listening to it and by the choices that they have made.
1: These Good Times pushes even more forward with the vocals with this kind of R&B styled vocal, I think, kind of sitting over the top of the track. But it also kind of goes back to the earlier sounds of the start of the album with kind of that more laid back sound. So it kind of goes in two different directions at once, kind of going in Maybe the, almost the most forward, it's gone with the vocals, but then one of the more laid back kind of sounds in the, the instrumentation. I kind of like having had a few tracks going away, we're kind of going back so we can then later on kind of experiment in different directions. That f- felt like a nice kind of way to take us through the album. What I liked about
2: this track and many of the other tracks in the album, actually, um, it sounded like the title... Those good times, it it sounded like a good time. Even We Give Thanks, that sounded like they were giving thanks. It was just, like, had such a positive energy to it. Um, And the vocal harmonies, they were just, yeah, superb. Um, And, yeah, the vocals in general were just really good as well
1: uh reprise is just kind of an interlude it's a nice bit of kind of riser sound design but i don't think there's too much to say about it war dance comes in and it's got this much more aggressive tone than the other tracks um bass takes a more prominent role and i haven't been back since i wrote my notes to listen to the album again but i didn't really notice the bass playing that larger part in the previous tracks and on this one it really stands out as kind of a a key p- a key player, um, and also you kind of get this distorted lead guitar, and it's not kind of like an '80s style like Van Halen riff. It is this kind of quite different, like kind of more in that chorusy guitar style um, that fits in with everything else and doesn't feel like it's ripping you out to take you in a completely different direction.
2: I really wor- I really liked where this came in on the album. It just I just like, hi, I'm different, I'm really different, um, yeah, like you said, Will, it was stabby and confrontational sounding almost, and I think that goes alongside the war dance bit. Um, yeah, and I like the, the effects, um, the experiments with the, the effects, and and yeah, I felt a little bit on edge, almost, unlike the other tracks where you're like happy-go-lucky but in a good way, you know. Um, And towards the end, I really got the vibes of it being like a soundtrack. I can imagine it being in um, like a Tarantino film, like Kill Bill or something like that. Um, Yeah, really good one.
0: Yeah, I also really got a cinematic vibe in there. The little experimental bits in the background really brought that home. And it's kind of an undertone for like the rest of the songs. I think any of them could suit very nicely being on the back of some sort of, I don't know, urban action thriller movie. All of them have got that little bit of a vibe to them. But yeah, Wardance was really moody and it was a really nice tempo change as well. Again, it's fairly subtle because it's quite close to the other songs, but it just feels different and it, uh, it feels like it's balanced differently to those songs.
1: We get Interlude next, which... Again, has some nice percussion, nice kind of filter sweeps going on. I think the one key thing I'd pick out from that is there's kind of these vocals in the background. And I don't know if they don't have any lyrics or if it's in a different language, but they kind of just have this kind of melodic feel to them. It, it kind of feels like they're being like played almost, if that's the right way to put it. And it, it just kind of adds to kind of, it feels like a unique element to throw into the track. And then the next track, "Home," um, kind of opens with this guitar that sounds like a like the kind of lo-fi hip hop songs. But actually, the if you, when you kind of get into listening to the part, or at least when I did, is this kind of lovely, soft guitar part that has just a, a really nice tonal quality, and, and the melody itself is incredibly well written.
2: Yeah, just echoing that there, really peaceful guitar piece and really um, lovely vocals to go with it as well and it kind of just sends you to sleep and yeah that was a really good track
0: I wonder if you like convert that into a piano score uh, and put it in like a Studio Ghibli film where that does become like a Joe Hissiishi piece it's got this really nice again a cinematic vibe but very different all these songs are so atmospheric which is oh great love
1: it speaking of atmospheric at the beginning of something's going on it's almost like an ambient piece it's just so sparse and i thought oh this would be a really cool direction for them to go and then all of the elements kind of come in and it's great when it comes in but i thought oh, ambient could be i'd really like to hear what this band would do with kind of an ambient piece um the group vocals on here might be the most ear-catching of any of the vocals on the record, but they're used so sparing, uh, so sparingly. It's it's quite interesting where it's like really catchy, but they're only using a bit, and they, so it doesn't completely kind of take over the song. And I think that goes well with the rest of the album because then you're not kind of thinking, oh, this is kind of the standout, really catchy song. That it sounds like I'm putting the song down almost like. I don't think it would have been better. It's just giving space for other things to kind of coexist with it, um, and it comes together well. Yeah, if Home sent me to sleep, then this one
2: woke me up. Um, yeah, not, like you said, well, not quite at the start, but then when <laughs> once everything comes in, i was like, okay, I'm I'm reviewing the album. I'm, I'm back on it. <laughs>
1: Then we get outro, which is just kind of a fun extension to something's going on. And if you're listening without looking at the track list, you probably wouldn't even notice that it's a separate track. And then we've already talked about Blue Road Part 2 of it kind of pulling full circle uh, from the beginning. I think if I thought about is, if like kind of answering Tom's question, if you put Blue Road Part 1 right at the beginning, I don't think you'd get that kind of punch of wow, I'm like really into this immediately that you get from the horns in Tojo. So I think for me, it still works kind of bookending the album and I'm fine with them putting kind of the really ear-catching moment right at the beginning so that if anyone's on the fence about listening to the album, they are hooked in straight away. Right, let's ask the all-important question. Should our listeners check this album out, Tom? Absolutely. James? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I put no qualifiers on it. You should definitely check this album out. Right, let's get into rankings. As always, if you'd like to check out the rankings so far, you can look in the description. Where are we thinking about putting Could We Be More by Kokoroko?
2: For me, it didn't stand out as something like, wow, this is album of the year worthy. Like, it it just stood out as like a really good album. So I don't think it's like top five or maybe top ten, but it's it's definitely not at the bottom, like near the bottom. Um, So yeah, maybe around
1: mm, Beach House or something like that. I think this is definitely top ten.
0: I pause because I don't know whether this is number eight or whether it's number three, but it is somewhere around that region for me (laughs) in my mind. Um, But yeah, it feels like top 10. The thing that does let it down is that I don't see the same story or the same... what's the right word, emotional vice I had with like Let's see Grandma or like Abanjaya or uh, for me, Steve Lacey as well. It doesn't have that same element, but the musicianship is so good and it's made with so much love. I can forgive it quite a bit, but I don't know where that's going to put it in terms of the ranks. I really don't know where this will end up.
1: Well, James, you were saying down around... Beach House. So let's start at number 15. Should it go above everything, everything? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Should it go above Beach House? Mm
2: hmm. Uh, yeah.
1: Yes. Should it go above Bodega?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it should. Yeah.
1: Yes. Should it go above Yard Act?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yes. Oh, Oh, you're not
1: sure? No.
2: Um,. Maybe below
1: More Mother. Okay, well, we're about to get there. Okay. Should it go above (laughs) More Mother? Yeah, no. (laughs) Yes. Should it go above whatever the weather? Yes, it should. Yes. Should it go above Soccer Mommy? Yep. Yes. Should it go above Steve Lacey? Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. Nice. And then should it go above Bonobo? Yeah, it should. This is a tricky one for me. I'm going to say yes. Should it go above a Bibio sound machine?
0: This is a bit trickier, but ooh. Yes, no, it does. It does go above.
1: For me, this one's easier than Bonobo. I'd say yes. Should it go above Animal Collective?
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it should. I'm going to say no, which puts it in at number six.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Like, a Abibio Sound Machine, that's different enough from anything I've heard before that I've, I've gone back to that album, back to The Artist, whereas this one, I'm not sure if I'd go back to the album itself. Maybe I'll listen to a few tracks of it, but not as an artistic piece, you know?
1: Right, that's it for the review. Let's get on to upcoming releases. What's coming out this week that you need to check out? Only a few this week. First up, Hot Chip are releasing their new album, Freak Out Release. Uh, They're also doing a three-night, I think it's three-night run at Brixton Academy later in the year, like LCD Sound System did earlier in the year. Uh, So if you're interested in seeing them live and you fancy going and seeing... uh, If you fancy going down to Brixton... uh, on a, I think it's a September weekend. You can check them out. Uh, the Mountain Goats, acclaimed indie band, are releasing a new album called Bleed Out. And Silver Sun Pickups, the once smashing pumpkins. Imitators, depending on your <laughs> <laughs> opinion, uh, are releasing their new album, Physical Thrills. That's it for upcoming release, and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, you should subscribe on your podcast service of choice. If you want to help the show spread, you can tell a friend about us. That's the best way to do it. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Twitter at Unmuted Weekly or on Instagram at Unmuted Unmastered. If you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at UnmutedUnmastered at gmail.com. And I can announce that the album for next week is Surrender by Maggie Rogers.
2: Maybe the outro should be like listening to the street
1: <laughs> Street sounds. We'll stick a microphone <laughs> out and record for like 20 minutes and so we can just. That fades in over the outro music. I mean, if I'm quiet enough, it will probably be picked up anyway. I don't think we'll get taken down by any of the artists playing their music, will we?
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Depends if I edit it in or not. No, I don't think so.
2: Take it out, Tom. Take the music
0: out. Of the extensioned outro. Yeah, so I oh, I got that wrong. Well, it's staying it. in now. Never mind. Good morning. You're listening to an outro extension brought to you by Unmuted Unmastered. The purpose of this extended outro is to make sure that the episode is more than 40 minutes long when uploaded to streaming services. Occasionally, we don't like to record for that long, and we require some additional material to make up the numbers. This is the end of the extensioned outro. Oh, got that wrong. Well, it's staying in now. Never mind.